So good morning, and I, I am really excited to share this, this word this morning, um, which I've entitled Me, Myself and I, and I, I hope that, that that title sort of connects with what, with what you hear this morning. I feel there's some, some aspects of what I'm sharing this morning that have been a lot of, a lot of thoughts, particularly over the last couple of weeks, um, some things that God's been doing in, in me, and, uh, and we'll see how it all comes together. Um, it sort of makes sense in my head, um, but I, I think we'll finish all right, and it's good that we finish well, isn't it? It's good that we finish, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, and we hear an amen for that this morning. Okay, I just want to read from 1 Kings 19, and I've got quite a, a passage here that we're going to, going to read from, from verse 1. If you want to turn to 1 Kings 19, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So if you're on an, on an app and you want to flick over to follow um, the same translation, you can do so. So 1 Kings 19. But before we do, I'll just pray. So Father, I want to thank you that you are here by your Spirit. And that was the promise and the gift that you gave to us, your, your church, your ecclesia, Lord, your, your chosen ones. An amazing gift. And, and you said that you would, would be with us, you would comfort us, you would teach us, you would show us, you would guide us. And you would be here alongside of us, Lord. And, and so we thank you that you are, are here today, Lord. And thank you, Lord. We've had, we're having a great time so far this morning, Lord. But as we, as we uh, come into your word, as we, we listen to your, your word and what you're continuing to say to us this morning, Lord, we, we have our, our hearts and our minds open to what the Spirit wants to say to us. And thank you that you will challenge us, Lord. You will encourage us, Lord. And Lord, you will point the way for many this morning too, Lord. Lord, that as you, as you work in us, Lord, you don't leave us there, but you say, okay, this is the way. Let's walk in it. Let's go, let's go this way. And so I thank you that for, for that revelation that you're going to bring this morning in different ways, in different forms for each person here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So 1 Kings 19. And this is um, a season for, for Elijah. Now when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, including the way he'd killed all the prophets of Baal. And we'll, we'll, do a, we'll touch base on that in a, in a bit of what happened just before this. And so Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. And she said, May the gods strike me and even kill me, strong words, if by this time tomorrow... I have not killed you just as you killed them. And Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Bathsheba, a town in, in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then, then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And then he lay down and he slept under the room tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. How about that? That's amazing, isn't it? And so he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. And so he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars and they've killed every one of your prophets. And I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. Sounds like it's some epic movie, doesn't it? 
But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper, or a still small voice, as many of us would have heard in uh, many translations. And when Elijah heard it, he, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of, of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down the altars. They've killed every one of your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. And anyone who escapes from Haziel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. And yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Okay, so a bit of a bit of a passage there, but it's I think it's good to look at the word in section, you know, in, in chunks, isn't it? In good good chunks, you know, we can easily pick out a particular um, scripture, and we've got a part in, right in the middle of this section, which is the wind and the fire and things, and it's something that we've we've heard a lot about over the years. You get great messages out of that stuff, and then the still small voice coming about hearing the voice of the Lord. But today I want to look at this, this whole experience and even the context from, from which it came. So Elijah, he was in a low place. Was that, would you agree with me there? He was in a low, low place. Those words that he, that he shared are, are devastating words, you know, words of deep sorrow. He was low, he was, he was depressed. And he had said himself, he said that he wanted to be dead. Now, he wasn't suicidal, but he said, God, you may as well take me because I'm as good as dead anyway. I've got nothing left. I am done. This wasn't a good day. It was a low point in Elijah's life, and there were no posts on Facebook that day. Sorry. Has anyone ever felt like that before? Anyone ever felt that, that way before? I, I, can, I can relate to this. I've had a number of times in, in my life where, where I've, I've felt lost, where I've felt so overwhelmed. And you know, it feels like your world is falling apart and you're just waiting for the, one of those bits of the world that are falling apart to take you out. I think some others have probably felt that way before. And throughout the Bible, there are, there are actually a lot of instances where, where people have, have had low points, where they've had these, these low seasons. Now, if I was going to write a Bible, I wouldn't put this stuff in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't we just want to hear the good stuff? Don't we just want to hear all, the, all the, the positive things, all the amazing things and the, and the miracles? But the reality is, and, and God's intent was that we would see this whole picture because, because life is, is like this. There are times that, that can be low seasons. You look into the Psalms, and I absolutely love the Psalms. The Psalms so often have been medicine to my soul. Because in the Psalms, um, whether it's King David and the sons of Korah and the various Psalmists, they will be absolutely real with God about where they're at. They will be brutally honest but what really encourages me is they always come back to, yet I will trust him. This, this might be my reality right now, yet I will look to him, yet I will lean on him. So get into the Psalms. Get into the Psalms. The Psalms will be medicine to your, your soul as well. 
And you will, we will find things that you will relate to in, in the Psalms. You will find um, the, the joys of, of life in the Psalms and you will find the sorrows of life in the Psalms. And there's no question in my mind at all that, that if many medical professionals were to analyze some of the, the Psalms, they would, they would say these, these people are, are depressed. They are in a, in a bad way because they're such strong, strong words. You know, this isn't what the message is about, but it, but it paints a bit of a picture as we look at, look at Elijah. But I am encouraged that amidst the lows of the Psalms, the writer, again, he always encourages himself. That even in the most low state, they will lean on their God, they will trust in the unfailing love of God. And the Psalms are full of declarations. So we're in this season of, of declaration. The Psalms have so, so much declaration. So when you get to the end of your 40 days, if you think, what am I going to do now? You can either go back to the start and go through it again or get yourself into the Psalms. And you'll find that a lot of these declarations are from the Psalms anyway because it's just full of declaration. And this isn't about, declaration isn't about positive thinking. The word doesn't say, uh, you shall think positively and this will make you free. Does it? doesn't say that. It says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so that's the thing about declaration. It isn't a, a blab it and grab it. It's not talking unreality and dreams and whims and, and hopes. This is speaking truth over your life, the truth of God's word and of God's heart for you. And we can't go wrong with that because we shall know the truth. And that, that is a transference of, of knowing the truth. You know, we know this stuff, we can read it and we can, we can say, yeah, I, I got that. But have we got that? You know, within, within our being. So we'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Anyway, back to, to Elijah. So Elijah is low. He is fearful for his life. And the crazy, crazy thing is if you read just the chapter before, the most amazing things have just happened in Elijah's life. The most in incredible things. He's on Mount Carmel, going at it against the prophets of Baal. There was a debate. My God is bigger than your God. No, 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 my God is bigger than your God. No, my God is bigger than your God. And there was, there was this test that was organized on Mount Carmel to see which, which God would receive an offering and respond by, by lighting up the, with, a, you know, with a fire on, on an altar from heaven. Easy. So here's Elijah, and in 1 Kings it says that there were 450 prophets of Baal, so he's a little bit outnumbered in terms of, in terms of people. And the prophets of Baal, they are going at it. They're doing their dances, they're doing everything they know how, and they work themselves up into such a frenzy. You know, they've even got their swords and knives out, and they, you know, they're even harming themselves trying to shed blood to, to try and get Baal to respond to them and light the fire on the altar. And so Elijah, ridiculously outnumbered, he's so confident at this point. This is, this is the contrast with the next chapter in 19, but here he is, he's so confident that he starts stirring these prophets. It's him and 450 prophets of Baal. <laughs> That's pretty intimidating. And, and, and he starts joking, he says... Maybe Baal is sleeping. Maybe he's having a snooze right now. Maybe, he, maybe he's gone on holiday. And he even comes in with some potty humour, so I'm sorry. He says, maybe you've caught him while he was on the toilet. This is true. This is in, in chapter 18. So these guys, these prophets of Baal, they'll be furious and they're going, going at it, going crazy. So this is a day to post to Facebook and say, hey, look at this, you know. And, uh, and anyway, God comes and responds to Elijah and, and doesn't just light up Elijah's altar. He consumes everything and all the things that have been, you know, water's been poured on, on them. An amazing, amazing experience. And I'd be posting a f picture of this fire. This is the fire God lit. 
Does anyone else find it amazing that, that, that we can have this, this experience and then just one chapter later? So he's totally in this totally intimidating position where many of us would think which surely we'd be fearful for our life and yet he has a confidence in God and, and yet one chapter later this message comes through from this woman Jezebel to say I'm going to kill you just as, as you killed those 450 prophets. So one day of triumph and the next I won't say the next day, but this next chapter, his world is falling apart. Now, there, there is probably more to it than, than, than what we might, might see there. Because Jezebel's been involved in, in this prior to, to that. Um, but the, the reality for anyone who may have dealt with, with low points or dealt with depression, there isn't always logic to, to the highs and the lows anyway. There isn't always a logic to why someone can, can be low or why someone can have a good day or, or a bad day. Now this, this is going to connect back to our opening scripture. So here's Elijah, he's troubled, he's persecuted, he's fearful. And I'm, and I'm sure we can relate to some aspects of, of Elijah. But we know that, that if, we're, if we're having a, a hard time, there are many, many people around who would love to give us some great advice. I know you heard the inflection in my voice right there. <laughs> Who's ever had some great advice? More inflection, yes. <laughs> and there, yeah, there are some people very keen to give us some, some good advice. And, and I want to go through three types of advice that we might be given. Now these things aren't, aren't bad. That's, that's the thing is that in some of these great advice, there's, there's, some, there's some truth in that but it doesn't encompass the whole, the whole picture. So we're gonna look at some of this type of advice that might be given. And interestingly, this advice, and I'm really interested to see how this, this comes, comes together, and I hope it makes sense in your head as well as it does in mine. But it's interesting how the type of advice and the bias that some people have, because we often may have a bias to a particular way of dealing with things. Isn't that true? We can, we can have, a, have a bias. And often this will relate in a lot of ways to the three aspects of who we are. We are a body, we are soul, and we are spirit. It's really interesting, before the service, Aldo was praying um, for, for Adrian, who, who's unwell, and he prayed specifically in this, in this line as well. He has no, had no idea what I was sharing on, but we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. But we can focus, we can have a bias to one or, or other of, of these. And some people who are have a specialty in one of these but we need to consider that we are all three of these these things to be whole who wants to be whole yep great so we need to be need to be balanced in all these things psalm 139 14 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made there are aspects of, of who we are and they are so intertwined we are complex and some of us are more complex than others. But we, we are complex. Now, of course, if you are, are hungry, that doesn't mean that you need to pray more, unless God's leading you on, on a fast. You know, there, there are some fundamental things that, that if you are, are hungry, then you need food. Okay, so, so we're not, not saying that you, you should be praying more and, and, and whatever. So there are some fundamental things. But if in the broader picture of our, our wholeness as a, as a complete person, we need to consider all of these aspects because each of these aspects of us have unique needs. The body, the soul, and the spirit, they all have needs. So are you with me this morning? Okay. So let's start with the body. It's a good one to start with because we can all relate to it. Does anybody have a body this morning? There's a few bodies here. Anybody here? So some people's focus for health and wholeness is on the body. Now the body has needs. The body needs food. Do I hear an amen? <laughs> I thought I'd hear a few excited people there. Now we are limited to how long we can go without food and without, without water. So that, that is a, a definite need. Our bodies also have a need for intimacy for closeness, for, for contact, and, 
and you know, there are numerous studies that have been done about, about young, young children and those that have had to be isolated for a while compared to those that have been close to people for a while and just the, the effects that that has had on, the, on these, these little ones. So there is a need for touch. And we have needs in our bodies as well. There are all sorts of chemicals and hormones and things going, going on in our, in our bodies that, that need to be in, in balance, that need to be right. How amazing are these bodies? And medical professionals, of course, they spend many years studying the bodies to, to have, an, have an understanding. So, of course, they will have a, a, a bias on the things of the bodies and they become excellent at dealing with, with these things. And we know within Christian circles but, and outside of Christian circles there are people who specialise on things of the body and you've, just, you've got to get these things right. You've got to have the right diet and you need to get rid of this food and you need to eat more of this and you've got to get, get your gut right. And you know, Have you had your inner health plus today? Everyone seen the ad? If you got that then you watch too much TV. Um, you know, we, we need exercise. We need our two litres of water per day and so they keep telling me. We need to take this, this supplement and this vitamin. There's creams for that. You can, you know, you can buy a, a cream. There are pills that you can take and things that you should do at the end of the day, things that you should do at the start of the day. There's medication that your GP can, can sort you out. He can prescribe something. Now, these, these are not, not bad things because our bodies have needs. This is a part of who we are and we can't ignore this aspect of, of who we are but we, we also don't want to become just so obsessed with this alone that we miss out on the fact that we're not just body, but we are also soul and we are spirit. And you, you can have, some people will have had amazing results and amazing things happen in their body as some of these choices that they've made and, and that will often make them an advocate of, of that. And that's, that's good, but again, we are more than that. So let's get back to Elijah. In case you're wondering what weird tangent I was onto. So we go back to Elijah. Now God didn't say, hey Elijah, you're depressed. Take this, this pill once a day and you're going to be okay. Now, now medication isn't a bad thing. I want, to, want you to hear me there. But God ministered to the physical needs of Elijah in that place. Elijah has a body. And so God provided food and drink for Elijah. He knew that that was, you know, on, on these two occasions, firstly probably just to get him back into some fra- frame of mind you know, in, in his body to, to be able to work at least a little bit rationally, but then, then continuing to, to feed him, saying, you know, we've got a journey ahead, mate, and to do this, you're going to need some nourishment. You're going to need to get this into you. And so God provided, miraculously. Imagine waking up and there's this hot stone with Bread, break, you know, bread baking next to you. That's, that's amazing. So God knew that there was a need there. But that doesn't sound very spiritual. But, but God does actually care a lot about our physical bodies. And I believe that he wants us to be well. Is that right? Within the broader context of our whole being. And so you, know, you may have a physical need this morning. And it, it might be that, that some dietary things or some food or some medication or some supplement might make a big difference in your life. But in, again, in terms of our broader wholeness and how are things going in, in our overall life, we need to consider all aspects. So let's move on to the second one. So the second is the aspect of us that is a soul. And the soul too just like the body, it has needs. And some people do have a, have a, a, a focus on, on the soul. And if you look at the Greek word for soul, that is suke, which starts with a P-S, suke, and it's where we get our word psyche. And this actually is a, is a great help in us understanding our, our soul, who we are in terms of our soul better. Because just like the body has needs, this part of us also has needs as well. And we have a need 
to understand. We have a need to work stuff out. We have a need to, to organize and, and arrange. And if you're not very organized, I'm not saying you don't have a soul this morning, so hear me, hear me there. There are emotional aspects of our soul as well. To be, to be loved and to love. This is beyond, the, the, on a purely physical level, but on a, on a soul level. And love ha- has these, all of these different elements in the, the body, in the soul, and the spirit. But so there is an aspect of, of loving and being loved. We want to be appreciated and valued. And we want to feel like what we contribute is of worth. And so there are people out there who, who really minister to the area of, of the soul and, and a lot of um, people who will give you counsel and psychologists and things, they will, will help you to, to flesh out these things, to talk out these things. And again, it's a good, it's a good thing. I'm an advocate of it, to being able to share your, your heart, You'd be able to piece things together and an ability to be heard. Sometimes being heard is is a significant thing for some people. Some people say he's a he's a, a book that really helped helped me and and ha, you know have a read of this. I mean there's a lot of self-help books out, out there. So again this is a great uh, partial aspect of ministering to who we are in terms of our, our soul. But again, let's go back to Elijah and you'll see something interesting here. So on two occasions, the Lord says to Elijah, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah, what's, what's going on? Now, did God miss something? Did God go, oh, heck, I just missed what just happened to Elijah. I don't know where he's at. Um, I think I'd better just check in and get an update. I know God knew full well what's going on with Elijah. just as he knows what's going on with us. But, but here he is offering an, an ear to Elijah. You, you getting me this morning? He's, he says, Elijah, what's going on? Tell me what's going on, Elijah. And Elijah goes on to, to, to share of his heartache. And God didn't, didn't correct him and say, no, you've got that all wrong, mate. And you know, if you want to be heard, that's, that's the last thing you need is someone just to throw it all, all back at you. Don't share your heart with those sorts of people, okay? He didn't correct him. He didn't tell him off. He didn't pull him up on the technicalities along the way. No, he listened to Elijah. And Elijah told God the things that were burdening. He says, I've, been, I've given my all to this, but now I'm just seeing everything fall apart. These people who've made a covenant with you, they're turning away, and even worse now, they're killing your prophets. And so Elijah was, was given the opportunity to verbalize his struggle, to attach words to it. And I, and I can relate to that. You know, often for, for men in particular, we're not always as good at attaching words to how we feel. It's like there's a wire between our feelings and our vocabulary and that's been broken. And, and we don't always find it as easy to be able to communicate how we feel. I don't need to hear any amens right now because I know... You know exactly what I'm talking about. But, but you know, I believe that God can bring healing to, to us in, in that way that we are able to verbalize things. And, and sometimes it takes a while for men to be able to unpack in a different way to the way women unpack. But Elijah was given this opportunity to verbalize his struggle, to attach words to what he was feeling, and to share his heartache for what he was seeing happening around him. And God listened to him. And so maybe this morning you might be in that place where you just have a need to be heard, where you have a need to, to, to come alongside of someone and share your heart. And there are some great people in this church who would, would, would be happily he- hear you and, and pray with you and, and help you. But again, this is, again, just part of who we are. So we don't want to become just lost on one aspect of who we are. You still with me this morning? Yep. No one's gone to sleep yet? No. If you said no, you haven't. But. So the third one is that we are also spirit. We are body, we are soul, we are, we are spirit. Now early on in my Christian walk, I heard the term about super spiritual people. And I thought it was a good thing. 
Super Spiro, anyone else heard that sort of term? Yeah, yes, and, and I thought this was, it just sounded awesome. I thought, oh, this must be what I'm aspiring to, to be, until I realised that it actually had more negative connotations. And, and we've, all, we've all met some people who are in that, that place where everything is, is spiritual, where there is a demon on every doorstep, where you know, they need to pray for half an hour every morning just to work out what colour underwear they're going to wear, you know. And if I've just touched a, on an area in your life that I'm really sorry this morning. But, so I might be exaggerating a little, but maybe only a little. And, and I remember some, hearing someone share, this was quite some years ago, about a, they discovered this in themselves. Now that's amazing, because most of them don't realise. But they discovered in themselves, and they were t- telling this story about they were walking in the, around the house in, in the dark and they stubbed their toe. And they noticed their response was, God, what are you trying to tell me? Turn the light on! <laughs> and, and there was a bit of a wake-up moment for this, this person as they, they realised that they were so intense in this spiritual a- area that it was actually, uh, you know, they blocked out all these other aspects of their life. So let's bring this a bit closer to home. You know, if we're not having a, a great day, you know, the, the spiritual focus would be, you know, there must be a demon at work in, in hassling you. There must be something hidden. There must be some sort of curse o- over you. And these, these things can be true. And, and if, if we have unconfessed sin in our, our life, then we may well have opened the door for th- this demonic influence. If we've got unresolved areas, we, even choices that have been made up by others and by, by our parents can have an effect on us today and there may be some spiritual things that, that need to be, to be dealt with. This is real and I, and I, I know in my own life I uh, have been delivered of, of some aspects of this by my own choices and by the choices of others. And we hear some of these classic responses. You just need to trust the Lord, brother. Now again, it's true, isn't it? It's absolutely true. But in sometimes it's not what you want to hear. <laughs> you know, I'm in, I'm in a place of faith. I'm in a place of, of trusting. We need to spend more time in prayer. We need to, to press in. Again, all truth. These things are right and I don't want to play them down And because there are many times when this is exactly what's needed. But sometimes it's not what you need to hear right at that time. Um, in, within prayer ministry, um, I've been a part of seeing many people who have, have discovered freedom from, from life-controlling patterns and from the influence of the enemy because there is a spiritual battle going on. So again, we can't deny this aspect. There is a spiritual battle going on. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, against people, but against principalities, against powers and against these unseen realms. But in us, we have a spirit and this aspect of us, it has needs as well. Romans 8.16 says that the Spirit, the Spirit of God, it bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Right there, you, you, you get, it captures a huge part of, what, of that need that we, we have in us to connect, to feel a belonging with, with God. There is a need, there is a desire that, that is a part, of what, a part of how we've been made to experience that sense of belonging and spiritual connection beyond the body, beyond the soul, and that ultimately that we are children of God. And of course we know many in the world are, are in pursuit of this same thing but they're not seeking the living God for it. They're looking for spiritual experiences, things to attach themselves to, because in them there is this yearning to connect. And there are all sorts of ways that we can pursue this. And whilst we might feel some level of connection, these ways are going to disappoint. So back to Elijah. He's been fed. God's met his 
his physical needs. God has given him an opportunity to share his heart. And now Elijah has this spiritual experience. And going on outside, we've got the wind and we've got the fire and we've got the earthquake. And, and I know the scripture says that, that God wasn't in these, these things, but I, I want to tell you that there's a spiritual thing going on here. God wasn't speaking to Elijah through those things. He was going to come in that still, small voice, in that gentle whisper. But there is a whole lot of things going on on this, this mountain right now. There were things that were breaking. There were things that were shaking. This was no coincidence that Elijah just happened to be there and in the matter of a short time all these things were going on. There, was, there were some things that were going on. But ultimately, that still small voice, the gentle whisper comes. And Elijah works his way out to the, to the mouth of the cave to hear what God was saying. And, and I believe this morning you know, maybe some people here are waiting for that still small voice. Maybe you're waiting, to, you, you can see all the fire and the wind and all the earthquakes and everything going on and you're still waiting for that still small voice. And I want to encourage you to hang in there. Hang in there because he's going to speak. And God spoke to Elijah. He spoke truth to him and said, this is where it's at, Elijah. This is, this is what's going on. He gave Elijah hope and he gave him direction. These were just the things that Elijah needed to hear at that time because his world, from his point of view, everything was falling apart. And these things came to him from God himself. So just a very short testimony before I close. A couple of weeks back, I had had my own encounter with the Lord. And uh, the last year's been a fairly fairly heavy year and a lot of things. There's been some amazing, amazing things happen. Um, but I know in, in myself, I got to this point where so many aspects of life just felt numb, where I was feeling nothing. And I was doing the stuff, you know, I was doing daily readings and, and things, but I didn't feel much at all. So I had the rituals going, and so I myself, I found myself in a cave. Now my cave was a little caravan on a, on a block of land just under an hour south of, of here. And uh, that was, that was my, my cave. And it's been interesting as God, be, I didn't even connect all of my own experience to what it was God ha- had me share until a couple of days ago, and it's like, duh, that's... You've, been, you, you've had your time in the cave, Adrian. And, and if I was to look at that, that, that day, I had a sabbatical day, a day of just really seeking the Lord. And a time, in a sense, of giving back God his stuff. You know? and, and sometimes if, if, if God had just said, I want one thing, then that's, that's easy, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah, that's obvious. But sometimes we can hoard stuff. Anyone ever been a hoarder? Now, we can be a hoarder naturally, but, but we can be a hoarder in so many other ways too, in just carrying this stuff, in just adding it to the, to the pile. And I had, a, I had a mighty fine collection going on. <laughs> and so this time was a time to do business. So... So firstly, I had food. I know I should have probably fasted. But I had food and I had coffee. <laughs> this was a good start to the day. <laughs> Vitamin C. Sorry? Vitamin C. Vitamin C, yes. So I, so I had the, these, these things and because and I, I had a journey. It wasn't 40 days and 40 nights, but I had a journey that day. And, and I spent about four or five hours in, in prayer that day, and that isn't me bragging, because I'm no monk. I am no praying superhero. I could do a bit with my hair, I know. But, but, but there are some things, if we can, we, there are some disciplines we can learn in prayer and some structures that we can, can set up to help guide us 
in, in the way we pray, and you will be surprised at how long you can pray when you, when you set up some of those sorts of structures and have learnt some disciplines over the years, but, but have had such an, an overwhelming year that I'd not taken the time out like this. And so this was the time. And so I in, encourage you. They, so these weren't random shotgun prayers. That was going to be a fruitless time. It wasn't just praying what I felt to, to pray at the time. I, I'd gone with, my, with a list of stuff. I'd gone with some things that I knew I wanted to pray for, but I'd also gone open to what it was that God wanted to say to me. And if you would like to know a bit more about that sort of a process or the way in which you could structure a time to pray, I'd be more than happy to share that with you. So, but I'll share that with you in, in person. So after I'd had my lunch and my coffee, I shared my heart with God. I told him what was going on. I think it was like God had said, Adrian, what's going on? Here we are in this place. We're in this cave. Now I'm aware, aware of, of, of time, so I will, I will keep this brief. God said, Adrian, what's going on? And I shared my heart. And I know God heard me. God also shared his heart and I heard him. And I allowed God to bring conviction to different areas of, of my life. To turn over some soil that had, that had gone hard. And so there were some things that he, he led me to pray specifically, to, to confess to him and, and, to, and to deal with that day. Some things that I'd gone prepared with and some things I wasn't prepared for, but that's the wonder of God, isn't it? So I shared my heart. And some of this, this process was very transactional. There was no, no emotion in it. I was intentional about it and I'm here to, here to do business. And then right at all, at all the end of it, I mean, 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I afresh knew the love of God. And I had an, had an encounter with God right then and there. And so all this time that had been just very transactional and then God came with his love and, and I encountered him afresh that day. And he restored to me joy. And I, and I cried a bit. A lot. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not averse to tears. I'm not an unemotional man. Um, but these were tears of joy. And I'd, I'd cried some tears over the last year that weren't joy. And so that was the beauty of that, that moment that I'd, I'd not been in that place of joy for, for quite a while. And part of my day was really about Psalm 51 and Psalm 51 talks about restoring to us the joy of, his, of our salvation. And I knew that, that afresh that, that day. So I was so overwhelmed by, by God's love and by his forgiveness and by his care. And he, here I am, I'd set aside a day, but it was like God had set aside a day. And that day was, was a gift. You know, we, sometimes when you're looking ahead at rosters and you think, when are we going to fit this thing in? But God gifted that, that day to me. There were changes. I was actually down, um, there were, yeah, there were, preaching changes and weeks and all sorts of things changed and at work that that week I had nothing, no responsibilities. It was a Sunday, okay? Is that a confession? I went away. Yeah. So I wasn't here. But I can tell you, I encountered God in a very real and powerful way and I heard that still small voice. And I've had the fire going, we've had the earthquakes and I've had all these other things and there in this cave, this little tiny caravan down in Garden Island Sands, I heard the still small voice. Now James 4 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But you need to read the whole of chapter 4. I won't tell you, I won't read it, but it has to be on his terms. And if you read the whole of chapter 4, James 4, there is, there is a way of doing that on his terms. And that is about purifying our hearts. That is about humility. That's not just about setting aside, but it's how do we come to this place.
So let's just pray. Now, there was a gift that God gave to me on the day. I'm, I'm just wary of time. Um, God actually gifted a song to me on the day. Now, I haven't written a song in some years now. And um, my voice has been dodgy for the last year. I was sharing with Liz the other day. And so it's, it's been an area that's been a, a struggle for, for me. And within half an hour, God gave me this, this song, and it was very personal. Um, and that was a part of his gift to me at the end of, of that time with him. I brought a guitar. I'm ha- I, I would be happy to share it with you as my family, if you're, um, because this was the summation of, of that, that time. Um, and I don't know, this may be the only time this song is ever done publicly, and I don't really care. And uh, forgive my voice if it's a bit scratchy. I'm, I know it's, my voice isn't 100% at the moment. And I think I'll even be able to hold it together at the moment. This really is based upon Psalm 51. I come in brokenness to seek your healing hand because you love me. You meet me where I am. You wash away my sin. I can start again Cause you love me Your mercy never ends If you purify me i made clean If you wash me I'll be white to the snow you restore to me my joy. You restore to me a song of hope. I'll go through it one more time. I come in brokenness to seek your healing hand. You love me. You meet me where I am. You wash away my sin so I can start again. Cause you love me. Your mercy never ends. If you purify me I'm made clean if you wash me I'll be white than snow you restore to me my joy you restore to me a song of hope creating me clean heart oh, oh God and renew a right spirit within me okay I didn't write this bit would you sing though create in me oh, oh God and renew a right spirit within me let's sing that again Create in me a clean heart, oh, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, oh, oh God, and renew a right spirit 
within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me I come in brokenness to seek your healing hand because you love me you meet me where I am. So, Lord, I want to thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And, Lord, that if we would come before you with broken and contrite hearts, that if we would come before you uh, with honesty, Lord, you will meet us where we are, Lord. And, Lord, you are interested in our whole being, Lord. And I pray today, Lord, that just as you gifted something to me on that day, Lord, you would gift some strategies and some intentions within your church here today, Lord, in every heart here today, Lord. And the various things that are, that are hard work for, for different ones here, Lord, that they would have strategies on how they can move forward to be a whole person. Yeah, to be a whole person. And Lord, I thank you that it is your desire that we be whole. Lord, you have done all that is needed that we may be whole through the work of the cross. And Lord, we want to walk in that. We want to work out our salvation, Lord, as, as uh, Paul encouraged us to, Lord. We want to work out our wholeness, Lord. We want to, day by day, Find that new thing. Lord, it is a new and living way that we are to walk in, Lord. Lord, your mercies are new every morning. And so, Lord, I pray a blessing on every person here today. And the families represented, Lord. And thank you for your word that it will not return to you void today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.